and welcome back to Live 100 Podcast. It is so good to be with you. And today we are going to hear about Elizabeth and her journey on her love for science that was ignited in seventh grade. And now as a college student, she continues building her future as she achieves her dream to become a NASA scientist, an astrobiologist. Here's her story. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. And I'm so glad that you're here with us today because I am just so inspired by your journey in what you're doing. And to let everybody know, Elizabeth is someone so special to me. And ever since that I known her, there were three things that caught my attention. First of all, who you are, you as a person, that was the most important thing. It's just, there is something about you that like no other. And then your passion for science, your passion for science, it was just well known from the beginning and your determination to study more about it. So those three things and I'm, oh, wow, I am in the presence of excellence. Tell me a little bit more about you about your journey and about why science what got you interested in science in the first place it all kind of started in seventh grade i had received a packet full of mars information and instantly i was hooked i remember my seventh grade science teacher she asked us what do you want to be when you grow up and she had us right on the whiteboard what we wanted to be. And mine was NASA scientist. So I studied science and Mars ever since then. And I actually gave up on that journey since so many people told me that becoming a NASA scientist was impossible. Obviously, they're wrong. It's definitely possible. And if you work hard, you can do it. I know that uh, I was in a NASA program for this summer and it made me realize that I can do what I've always wanted to do. So I'm back on the NASA track and we'll see where it takes me. I was so inspired when you told me that you were in this NASA student program because, <laughs> yes, when you said NASA, it's talking about something so big that the majority mm -hmm. of the people cannot see themselves. And probably it's because they don't know a lot of people who have done it. That's the first mm -hmm. impression. Like, oh, that is impossible. That's practically impossible. Yeah. So forget it. But if we yeah. think about the people who has done it, then we realize that it can happen. When you told me about the NASA program, and I'm, there she is, it's happening, it's happening. Tell me a little bit more about this NASA program. Tell me the things that you experienced, how was it, and the, the things that you will take with you to, you can apply to your journey. This program was led by two amazing people, Dan and Sherry. They basically taught us a lot about how NASA operates and what we need to know going into NASA careers. I was the deputy project manager of a 12-person team, and we had a program mission. Our mission was to land either a rover or a lander on the surface of Mars, and we had to write a PDR, uh, which is basically a really long essay. We got to send that into NASA to yeah. see if they like it or not. So you're waiting for their feedback, correct? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, and how long was that program? 
It started in late May and just ended a couple of weeks ago, August. Yes, and since you were in that program and you were working with other students who were doing the same thing with the same goal and mission, what is it like to be surrounded by people who are thinking things similar that you're thinking and who are interested in the same things that you are? It's incredible. I've really found my flock. I found the people that really understand what I'm talking about, why I'm interested in what I'm interested in. And they, they really make life more enjoyable because they really understand who I am. It's so important to be seen and to be heard and to be understood, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the thing is that all these options are available, but sometimes, because like I said before, things, uh, people sound so complicated, they don't even think about that it's possible. In that subject, you are very talented in explaining complicated things in a simple word. And one of the people that I admire is Dr. Crystal Dilworth, because uh, she's a neuroscientist and mm -hmm. she's a science communicator. The way that she explains very complicated things into simple terms, it just makes possible mm -hmm. that many more people, and especially uh, girls who have been told that, ah, oh, this is not quite your league, get interested uh -huh. because it's achievable and you are uh -huh. on the same path because I have heard you explaining things. It's such an amazing skill that it needs to be developed. It's so necessary. So keep developing and keep working because we need you. We need people like you. Tell me about the world of astrobiology and tell me why did you decided to go that way why did you select it what would you look forward from it now let me tell you a little bit what i know about it and tell me if i'm right mm -hmm. or wrong okay. astrobiology <laughs> is the study of life in the universe wherever yes. and whatever it might be is that right yes so basically you can be you, an astrobiologist yes so that's your goal an astrobiologist yes. I love science. I love math. I don't know if you knew, but I was in the first class of the school in STEM, in science, technology, engineering, and math mm -hmm. in Puerto Rico. Oh, I love my. science and uh, I like to study about it. And we have that in common. So tell me more about astrobiology. Why did you decide to go for that? And what would you expect and what would you like to see in the future? Well, I haven't always been an astrobiology major. I started out as an astrophysics major, but then when I went into this NASA student program, I had the opportunity to listen to Dr. Michael Meyer. He is a fantastic, you know, person. Just he's the lead scientist of the Mars 2020 mission. He's an if anybody has the opportunity to listen to any of his lectures or just listen to him talk, he is phenomenal. He started the astrobiology program at ASU. And when I heard him talk, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm done with astrophysics. I, <laughs> I'm going down the path of astrobiology. I just absolutely fell in love with astrobiology. It was incredible trying to figure out what life could possibly look like, what certain conditions uh, would it have to be in in order for it to look like something like the life we know exists on earth if you know what are the other conditions like what 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 else could it look like what is what could life look like if it doesn't look like earth 
life. It's very interesting. Astrobiology as a whole focuses more on microbiology and geology, that sort of thing. So it's like, what are these tiny little microscopic organisms, these little cells? What would they look like? How would they survive? Which I am fascinated by, but it's an amazing field. Yeah, because the way I understand it is that astrobiology is a combination of astronomy, geology, biology, mm -hmm. and you put all yep. those things combined. And basically yeah. is to understand and identify if there is life and how is mm -hmm. it possible. And then you look for signs of water, organic molecules, and maybe sources mm -hmm. of energy. Tell me a little bit more about how can we figure out if there is either has been life or the possibility of life in different mm -hmm. planets? Well, life needs, has some basic certain needs. For instance, like it needs to be able to reproduce, it needs to be able to consume energy, you know, that, that sort of thing. For specifically for life on Mars, we are looking for the, the right environment for for any Mars life to exist. For instance, Mars is extremely cold, extraordinarily cold. It can get down to roughly negative 150 degrees Celsius on Mars. That is very, very cold. On Earth, the extremophiles, they're basically bacteria that love danger. So they live in the most crazy environments you could possibly think And these extremophiles that love the cold, they normally only like it down to like negative 60, negative 70, you know, top. So to go all the way down to negative 150 degrees Celsius on the surface of Mars is a huge difference, huge. So we are not searching for life that is alive on Mars, on the surface. If there is life on Mars, it would be closer to the core. So not quite at the surface, be more inside of Mars, where it's warmer, where the pressure is higher. Because the pressure on Mars is, if I remember it correctly, around 1-100th the pressure of Earth. So it's not very pressurized, so they would have to go deep, deep inside of Mars in order to find a place that's warm and has a high enough pressure to let them live. That is just searching for life that is currently alive, but we're also searching for life that could have possibly existed in the past. And there is this period on Mars. Uh, that period is called the Noachian period. And during that time on Mars, we think that there was vast amounts of water covering the planet. We have signs of these big lakes and deltas that once existed on Mars. So what we're trying to look for with the Mars 2020 Perseverance Program, with Curiosity, with all those rovers and such, we're searching for past life, so life that has died and been fossilized. Those fossils, those microscopic fossils, we call biosignatures. And so we're trying to find existence of 
basically Martian dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like what it is. Because it's an ongoing project and ongoing learning and ongoing experience. And talking about that, mm-hmm. right, what missions are out there right now trying to pursue that? What is the latest uh, in progress in that exploration? The Perseverance rover just launched not too long ago, about a few weeks ago. And with it, it has a ton of fascinating technology on it. It has this instrument, it's called SuperCam. It is amazing. Like, it, it can do a lot of things. One of my favorite things about it is it has this laser on it. And it can shoot the laser up to 21 feet away, and it plasmifies the rock that it shoots at. And using another part of SuperCam, it can read what chemicals makes up that rock. Mm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, interesting. and so we can get a, a better idea of what exactly is in that rock so that we can better determine what samples to take. For instance, we want samples that have been near water because life likes water. And so we're going to search for rocks that have been near water. We call those aqueous rocks. And aqueous rocks, those can be like limestone that Mm. has calcium carbonate. So it would scan, it would shoot the laser, take the information back. If it has calcium carbonate, you know, that might be a possibly good source. There are also a lot of other elements like magnesium, hydrogen, carbon that we want to find inside of those rocks. And we use that to determine whether or not that would be good sample spot bad sample spot so it's a really useful tool it also has another instrument it's called meta now meta is like a weather analysis thing it can measure the air temperature the wind speed the pressure um, along with a lot of other uh, things it's amazing and the one instrument that i happen to love the most is called sherlock now sherlock is an instrument that searches for biosignatures. It also has a little camera that's called Watson, so it's Sherlock and Watson. And it's one of my favorites because it actually really searches for these biosignatures. Now, I'm not going to get into the exact science on how it works, but it basically helps determine if there are biosignatures, these Martian dinosaur fossils in these rocks. And so then we take samples from those that we see fit, and then we'll have them back on Earth in a few years. In a few years. So in all this cycle of searching, investigating, and discovering, Mm -hmm. using these amazing tools, where do you see yourself in the next few years? And where would you like to go beyond that? For the next few years, I'm probably going to be in the book, getting as much research done as I possibly can, trying to learn as much as I can. I know, for instance, in these past few months, I have learned more than I ever have in all my years of schooling. Going for it and doing all the research that I can do to try and set my team up for the right path. After I graduate, I plan on seeing if I can go somewhere in NASA. And already I've got a foot in the door. So we'll see if I can get 
all the way in the room. Then your goal is to really be one of the researchers that take these fossils and analyze them and come to uh, closer to the answer do we mm-hmm. have we have life or come to the answer to that right that that will be something that you would like to do yeah. at this point Absolutely. That is the dream. That is the dream. Yes. And of course, as things evolve and we learn more, all those things can even magnify more. But for now, with the information that we have, that's how you see yourself contributing to the world Mm -hmm. of science, analyzing all these Mm -hmm. fossils that they bring back from Mars or from other planets and see what if, what has been, and all that things that kind of help us understand ourselves even better because all of that affect us humans here on Earth, even though those things are in other planets. And isn't that amazing how practical experience can influence the decisions that we make? Because you just said in the past few weeks, you have learned even more. That with the practical experience that you did in this NASA student program, how those two combine together? I feel like I always want to learn more. I feel like there never really is a point in your life where you should stop mm-hmm. learning. We, as humans, we have so much to learn. We know so little There's always something out there. If people say, well, we've we've learned all there is to learn, well, that is frankly incorrect. As Socrates once said, if there's one thing I know, it's that I know nothing, and I live by that phrase. Because we we, we need to inquire. And that's one thing that I really liked about you when I met you years ago is that you were very interested in new cultures, in people. In science, it's the same way. You just transfer that, right? You have to, once to know the why. Why is this happening? And to have an interest. If if you just do one thing and you just limit yourself to a very close thing to do, then uh, Mm -hmm. there's so many things available that you won't even experience. But when you're interested Mm -hmm. in, in people in cultures how we are the way we are and why do we do the things we do then you're so mm-hmm. open to the possibility and different perspectives of yeah wait a minute we we might not be it they could be others right like we are not yeah. the only planet what else is happening out there yeah yeah so the latest mission that is for mars that mission that you mentioned to me yes. any do, do you know of any other missions for any other planet I do know about a mission to Europa. For those of you who don't know much about it, it is a a moon that has an ocean below its surface. Like, it's covered in ice, but below the ice is this ginormous ocean. It's covering the entire moon. And since life loves water, we're going there to try and see if there is some life in that water. Yes, I have heard something about that recently. And Mm -hmm. then I was just finding it fascinating Mm -hmm. because once you find water, then the possibilities are there. Absolutely. Right. That is one, one of the main things that can lead to, wait a minute, there is a lot more to this than than we think about going camping and staring at the stars without any of the city lights getting in the way, it makes me feel like there's so much out there and I want to go out there. I want to go and see all those places that exist. 
I want to go an adventure where no human has adventured before. I I want to go out there and see what we can do. Right now, we are in the early stages of the space exploration program. Mm -hmm. We are just at the very beginning. We are those pioneers of the space exploration program. We are just beginning to explore outside of our planet. And I cannot wait until we start exploring elsewhere. You see, that's what I was telling you about your passion for science, because I have been to an observatory and it was in Miami, Florida, and it was very interactive and it was geared towards young students, probably at the time Mm -hmm. that I remember, it was Mm -hmm. geared towards students in elementary through high school. I'm sure there Mm -hmm. are areas that gears to college and beyond, but the way that they explain things, it was so easy to understand and so interesting. One day we're going to go together to the observatory (laughs) in California to see you in your playground. (laughs) Absolutely. And you have to invite me when you have your office in NASA. Will you think that you will invite me to visit you one day and and see you in action there? Do you think I will have the pleasure to see you? You're always welcome. (laughs) Ah, well, then you have it. Now it's official. It's it's recorded. Now we need to make that happen. (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm so proud of you and the things that you have accomplished, all the things oh, that you, you have overcome. And if they're young girls in elementary school or even just playing, you said yours was at what grade? Seventh grade? Yeah, seventh grade. So if there are young girls out there, girls in elementary, middle, high school, if there are people thinking about, I know I can do more that I'm doing right now, what do you tell them based on your experience of what is possible? Just... Try new things. Don't be afraid to try something different. If you think that you you found something that you really, truly do enjoy, even then, still branch out. Try to do everything you possibly can. Get a little taste test of just everything. If you start thinking that maybe I'll, I'll go and be a doctor, you know, that's what I, I wanted to be too. Try, try other things. Because there might be something out there that you truly, truly do love, that you are extremely passionate about, but you haven't gotten a taste test of it yet, then you will live your entire life without ever knowing that that's what you were meant to be and what you're meant to do. So always just keep on trying new things. Like even now, for me personally, I am still going out and I'm trying new things. I'm trying engineering and trying to figure out how to code and all of that. So keep on trying new things, even when you find something that you like, because there might be something even better out there for you. Yes, because with that passion is one of the ways that you can overcome obstacles and not being defeated Mm -hmm. when you said okay there is something out there I need to find it because sometimes it's not that easy sometimes it depends on Mm -hmm. the exposure that we have on the place that we live the people we surround it depends also Mm -hmm. on the education that we receive I mean there are times when education was very limited by gender if you Mm -hmm. are male this Mm -hmm. is what you study and if you're female this is what you study it it is an exposure practical experience 
experience and talking to people that say, oh, this is what I'm doing. And like you said, you were in astrophysics and then you found astrobiology and you're like, this is what I want to do. And there is nothing uh -huh. wrong with that because that is the beauty of finding new things and yeah. knowing... Oh, I can't believe I didn't know about this before, but let's let's do okay. it now. And it's never too late. It's never too late. I remember when I was younger, uh, the Star Trek and all these programs that were out there. And I remember people just talking about it with this passion and the possibility of space and life and all this. And we are kind of living that, aren't we? We are kind of living uh, those things that were done decades ago. And now with the diversity of talent uh, globally in, in science, it's something that we can contribute. It, we can contribute and we will contribute and we will make yeah. it even more uh, significant because we know how those things will affect each one of us. That is just amazing. So what is it going to be like for you now in the next few years until in the next couple of years until you graduate? I will be taking about 15 credit hours this fall, so pretty busy, and I'm also taking the next NASA student program uh, at the LaSpace Academy, so I'll be incredibly busy. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. <laughs> this spring, there's also going to be another program that I plan on applying to, so I'll be doing that along with college as well. During the spring, I'll be applying to as many summer programs as I possibly can to see what opportunities I can I can get from NASA. And I know the ones that you will pursue, you are going to be an amazing contributor because this is your passion. This is what you love to do. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to be one of the greatest experience. And one day I just can't wait to see you exploring <laughs> and analyzing all these fossils and everything else, reading about <laughs> your discoveries, because that is where you are heading young lady is for you and i just can't <laughs> wait you. to be there to cheer you on and to be loud and proud and bringing more girls and more boys into this amazing world of astrobiology <laughs> well elizabeth it's been so nice spending this time with you uh, yeah, thank been... you for having me oh it's my pleasure and school starts in a few days and you can see all the things she's planning yeah. to do already ahead of time and that's what i'm like uh, can you wait a few minutes for me? Because I really want to learn about what you're doing right now. <laughs> it is amazing. I'm so excited about this. And I wish me you too. to, first of all, stay healthy during this pandemic. And you too. Uh, but also to keep that initiative and that creativity and that hunger for learning. Because that is what's going to keep moving us forward. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon and let's keep in touch because I think this is not going to be the only time you're going to be in the show. I want you to come back and tell me more of your progress. Come back uh -huh. with a, maybe a friend who's also so excited about it and you talk together about things because the world has uh -huh. to know what's going on. <laughs> All right, Elizabeth. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. You promise you'll come back? I promise. There we go. You heard it. It's uh, recorded. <laughs> so it is a fact. It's going to happen. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. Until next time, I appreciate <laughs> you. you and I wish you the very best. Thank you. You too. 
Well, I am recharged listening to the possibilities and witnessing how talented young ladies like Elizabeth want to know more, to explore, to contribute to the world of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So keep listening to your inner voice and dream big because you too can be the one. And I can't wait to hear about your contribution to this world your world. So until next time, thanks for listening and like, comment, subscribe on the website or on Insta. Go ahead, stay in touch because Life 100, here we go.